Hey there, and welcome to episode number 129 of the Church Collective Podcast. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your host today. I had the opportunity to talk with David and Joshua from Covenant Worship about just some really, really great um, practical insight on how to run worship ministry um, and local church stuff. Like, if you guys have listened for a while, you know that we get pretty excited about local um, worship ministry stuff because you can apply this to what you're doing this weekend, and I think there's a ton of great stuff that you'll pull out of this. So here we go with episode number 129. The plan for the projects came about pretty quick. We were actually meeting uh, uh, to discuss our annual conference that we have every year sure. in October. And uh, we've been wanting to do a project uh, at the ranch, out, outdoors, some kind of, uh, you know, just more of an organic, uh, acoustic uh, I mean, not like all stripped down, but just still do something outside. You kind of, uh, so we were just kind of in that discussion and right. we were talking about the conference and they built a new uh, lodge and, and uh, so they wanted to do something out there on the last night of the conference. And we're like, well, for, I don't, maybe it was Josh, let's record. Let's, why don't we record when we're, when we're out there? Sure. And everybody was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh, and then the title uh, came about. We were discussing like the theme of of the conference was going to be Sand and Stars, sure. And it had to do all with legacy. It was it was our 40th anniversary. Our senior pastor was stepping down from being senior pastor and passing the baton to his son Stephen. So it was all about this generational uh, uh, thing, and uh, and so the Sand and Stars was the the the, the promises to uh, Abraham about how your seed would be blessed. Sure. The, so it was all about this legacy thing. And so we were, we're writing and they wanted us to write a song about it. And we we're like, Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I and just, just took us a little bit uh, to, to get started. But when we, it's just like, it just kind of just started falling out the, the lyrics to the song, all at, you know, just suddenly <clears throat> we, we wrote it pretty quick. Sure. And, uh, uh, okay, this is great. This is going to be the, the title for the new album. And so we, we just approached the whole thing thinking more, uh, not so much. I mean, there are congregational songs for sure on the project. Sure. But we wanted to do some more contemplative songs, uh, uh, more artists uh, than, or at least uh, combine artists sounding songs with with the project and so it just uh as we as we pursued i think the uh i think the the whole process just surprised us we just all fell in love with the project the songs just started coming and and uh uh from the the gate of heaven to back to the father even the title cut sand and stars and and the way we concluded it with doxology i just every piece is so different sure uh, but it just felt like that they all all the songs belong together. Hmm. Is there? Um, you mentioned like that you guys went through potentially looking like congregational versus like an artist song. Could you maybe speak to how, what that looks like in the context of your church? Um, well, it's been kind of interesting. Like uh, for instance, you know, we I've been at some uh, even traveling a lot. Been at some. Uh, some services where the con- with the congregations all up, high energy, and then at at one point, 
in, in fact, it was like the, we. I was. It was at this one specific church, and uh, it's it just it's everybody's engaged, and it's and it's almost. Uh, it's almost. Uh, I don't know. It was too engaged for me. It was really almost uh, a lot of emotionalism in this in this particular church. It wasn't our church. It's just somewhere where we were, and it was just a lot of of high energy, high energy, and they and they gave it to us, and, and we sang our opening song, then I said, I want you all to just sit down, and I want you to listen to this song. I just want you to sit there and take it in, and we sang Gate of Heaven. Sure. Well, it's just, and you think, okay, this is not a song that everybody's going to sing along to, but it just took everybody down. I mean, it was like people were just undone by the song. They were able to sit there and and uh, again, contemplate this thing, and it, and it was still—it was as much worship uh, as it is as if they were singing along. But it was just this different thing. Uh, we, we're not pulling away from worship. It was just something that they needed to listen to instead of participate in. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Is that um, is that something that you guys? I guess like how how did you go about working towards that? Because I think like there's a a prevalence in. Um, Worship just yeah. in, in our programming for our services, everything as best as we can is participatory. And there'll be a lot of guys who'll say like everything needs to be singable by the congregation. Everything needs to fit into a certain you know key range right. so that it's accessible for everybody. If it's not singable, we shouldn't do it. Um, I'm not I'm not getting that from you guys. And, and I think that God. Well, God, we've done um, we've yeah. done records like that, sure. and there's nothing wrong with that certainly, because uh, the whole goal most of the time in worship in the the context of a service is to have people participate, you know? Uh, Well, I think for us too, Josh, if I can, uh, uh, the thing is, that's how we are. That is our mindset for a Sunday morning worship service. Everything is built around everybody being engaged and doing, and doing all of this. But, but like for when we tour, for instance, uh, we get a little more leisure, uh, we get more than just their little 20 minute set. Sometimes we get an hour, hour and a half. And so it's like, it's, it's good to give the congregation a break that they're not having to stand up for a whole hour and a half. Mm. You give them a a moment, you get the, you get more freedom to do that uh, when you're doing special events versus just your regular Sunday morning. Sure. So so for this, yeah, go ahead, Josh. For this record, we've, like I said, we've done a couple records like that with the congregation in mind mm-hmm. and tried to write. And, you know, that that affects everything from the key of your song to the meter of your lyrics to, you know, you really, when you're writing with that purpose, you really want to keep everything as singable as possible. Mm-hmm. And so for this album, we just decided to take that, uh, not pressure, but just to take those, uh, that mold off of ourselves for this pro- particular project. And uh, we just decided to write what we wanted to write and have fun, and and I think it just kind of all, it just kind of all came together. It's kind of a good blend of the the congregational versus the artistic, you know. Sure. Yeah. Was that at all anything to? Again, I'm trying to like contextualize this for somebody that's listening and feels like maybe they want to move towards something like that at yeah. the church, where they're doing something that isn't necessarily something the congregation is going to sing to, but it's going to engage them. It's going to connect them to God. It's going to set the mood for the service. Um, you have any practical advice on how to maybe work into something like that? Um, like, you know, like more of a prayer time focus, maybe just think sure. along those terms. 
not not everything not saying you don't do anything up tempo but uh i don't know you it's sort of like david's i think organic is probably the best term to describe it sure you you don't hear we, like we didn't track it in, at our main sanctuary so you don't hear a roaring crowd between every song yeah. it's just meant to be a really contemplative collection of music so it's, it's um, we're not trying to we're not trying to reinvent uh uh, the, this worship thing, uh, it's. I just think we just we we just didn't think the usual mold. We weren't trying to necessarily break the mold, sure. but we weren't necessarily trying to fit into it. We're just let, let's just write music. Let's write. You know, we were thinking about like uh, uh, what is it? House fires. It's not mm-hmm. that it's not uh, music that everybody can sing along. We're just thinking something just kind of more uh, causes bit, yeah. you to just reflective and uh, that people people are going to sing like like good good father is something you know it, it, to me it was kind of that vibe but it's just almost just kind of uh you could sit in your living room with the acoustic guitar and a little keyboard and almost get the same the same vibe right. so yeah, ryan I, I would say like it comes down it's kind of like when you learn music theory they tell you you have to know the rules before you can break the rules sure so it's, it's a similar approach here like after doing a few super congregational projects you know, and knowing kind of what that looks like, it was a little bit easy. Then we could say, okay, now, now let's break some of the rules. Yeah. You know, that's fair. Yeah. What's, um, what does your like week to week worship look like at your church? You've got like so many great people on the album and stuff. Like, is everybody involved every week? Like what, what, like practically what, what do your services look like? Yeah. Typically, you know, one person will lead a song, uh, We'll, or we'll have a three or four song set and we'll just kind of use as many people as we can in the time we're given. Sure. And the set list, you know, it's, we do a lot of Elevation, a lot of Bethel, a lot of Darlene Check and uh, some Hill Song every now and then. Sure. Mixed with it. Mixed with and, a, and, a lot of, and a lot of Covenant Worship. <laughs> sure, yeah, naturally. Mixed, mixed with our originals, yeah. So it's a pretty pretty blended sound. Yeah. We, our church is very multicultural. Sure. So, so are you saying you have you know, if you have three to four songs as best as you can, you try to have three to four worship leaders for that set. Most of the time, yeah, yeah that's cool. How um, how did you foster that? Uh, I'm thinking of the the worship leader that's listening to this, being like, "Man, I'll be lucky if I can even take a vacation in the next six months." Um, <laughs> let alone, you know, rotations yeah, yeah. of three to four. How how did you guys get something like that? How did you identify? How did you disciple? How did you get that going? Well, it it was something that evolved over the years when. Uh, when this, uh, when Nicole and I first came to Covenant, we came uh, as uh, we were already uh, a, a worship artists that traveled full time, sure. and so when we came and accepted the position, uh, we we uh, we set it up so that we could still travel, and uh, in, in in order for us to travel, we had to build a team that uh, was going to be able to carry it. Um, and Miles Monroe said, uh, "A good leader will work himself out of a job." Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I just was like, Josh was the first was the first person uh, that we pulled uh, into the leadership uh, part of the team. It began with was just when I, when Nicole and I were home, it was always me and Nicole and Josh down front because I wanted I wanted Josh to be in front of the people so that when Nicole and I were out it would be normal for him to be there and people wouldn't be like, wait, 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 what's going on? Right. And then Josh's uh, brother-in-law, Colin, 
edge became part of that team and then there were four of us down there and sometimes we would add extra people and bring them into the thing and it was like and then we would just doing that we just shared the load uh uh, every time we pulled a, a set, we created our set list. We would, we would know. We we plan once a month. We sit down and we try to plan out the whole month. Mm. And we think as we're picking our set list, we're thinking, okay, well, Josh needs to sing, and 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 Nicole needs to sing, and David yeah. needs to sing, and Colin needs to sing. And so sometimes it's it's a shared song where uh, I do a verse. Like on Love Is Overcome is an example on on the new album. I sing the first verse, Josh sings the second verse, so that gets both of us on a list. Uh, you know, it's it's, but it's just trying to share the load. Sometimes we'll go through, and and it would only be the three of us, and then another time I wouldn't sing. I would be up there on the team, but there would be some Sundays. Josh and Nicole and Nathan Walker would uh, would handle. Uh, and then we've added other people for when we're gone. We have uh, a new girl that's singing with us, Holly McWilliams, who's who's a wonderful worship leader. So it's just like we tried to make it uh, uh, always a team effort so that, so that I mean, that's the way it began 10 years ago, at least from my uh, objective was to create an atmosphere where in my absence it w- wouldn't feel right. like uh, like people were missing something. Sure. So you have a, a somewhat unique position because you came in kind of with the artist already with the expectation that you wouldn't be there every week. Um, but you did mention like the, that quote from Miles that we want to work ourselves out of a job. Can you speak maybe to the ego that's involved in I guess the putting down of ego that's involved in that. Um, Cause I know a lot of guys could be threatened by training up other people to essentially do what they're doing. Like what if they get pushed out, you know? Uh, yeah. I, the thing is, I, I understand it's like uh, in particular, I'm getting older. So how long do they want the older guy to stay on the team? And, and uh, I, I think, I think for me though, I, it was, I, I think it just accidentally happened this way it's not like i think okay i've got this figured out sure it was more like it was more like i know what i'm able to do i know my strengths and i know my weaknesses and i kind of always looked the way andre crouch did stuff andre knew what he could what he could do and he always pulled on other singers to make the songs great Hmm. and i would always like recognize uh other singers and i'm like i can do this but i can't do that but josh can do anything so i'm gonna put him there and uh and Nicole can do here. And I just kind of like, I wasn't thinking, oh, I got to be in the spot. I'm just trying to figure out how to make this song the best it can be. Sure. And uh, so I, I think I kind of was uh, uh, just followed those lines early on. I mean, this is like, uh, even before I came to Covenant, I kind of approached when I would work at a church and uh, or with the worship team. You know, Nicole and I always did what we did, but then I would always try to push on other people and uh, to help make it as best as it could be. Is that a good answer? Yeah, no, totally makes sense. Josh, you want to speak to that? Yeah, just briefly. Uh, I, you know, wins. I would say, on a practical note, picking when you're training people up and and once you're past the the ego portion, once you lay that down, like David said, uh, you know, practically just training people, pick some, pick some. There's opportunity everywhere for people to lead worship, so it doesn't always have to be Sunday morning, front and center, your main service. You know, I uh, Wednesday nights right now are just uh, 
a Bible study in our main sanctuary mm -hmm. where we'll have acoustic worship for about 15 minutes at the top of the night. And so last night I had uh, one of our interns, Olivia, just sit next to me on a stool just with two acoustic guitars and and we just did a couple of familiar songs and uh man just just seeing the i i introduced her to the church she said this is olivia she's one of our music interns and uh i want you to make her feel welcome tonight so we just went and did a couple songs and man as soon as she started singing the whole church just started clapping and cheering for her and i just looked over and just saw the look on her face it was like just a kid in a candy just so much joy you know and and i just thought to myself gosh i just felt it felt so rewarding to me and i think a lot of worship leaders need to understand that the reward of empowering others is so much more so much greater than being in the spotlight yourself sure. so it really it really is a rewarding experience that's cool and i i love i love to watch josh develop people um, it's it's i'm at this other on the other end of the season and 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 i've uh i've spent many years pushing and and, and do this but now josh has stepped up into uh more leadership here at the church and to see him pull on these younger people and, and i've always lived with this concept with legacy in mind i want uh i want my ceiling to be his floor and so that he doesn't have to start from scratch. I want, and then and then to see to see it duplicated as it as it just starts growing in his life. See him uh, empowering people from uh, even. I mean, Josh, you're 30. Josh, is that right? Yep. So, uh, you know, so now he's pulling some of these younger people, and I'm just I like to see it. It's just a mirror uh, of of the, of the same thing, and it, and I think that's huge. When you realize uh, that it's you don't it, if 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 Josh wins, I win. If the girl that sang with him uh, uh, Wednesday night wins, then Josh wins. And uh, so it was. It's just yeah. great to, to see all of that unfold. Sure. Yeah. And then uh, you know, in addition to that, it just man, worship is just better when you're. It's just a better experience when you don't have one person just just driving the whole thing i mean it just you know speaks to the whole just everybody's different and every everybody's voice fills a different void or or everybody's voice has a different color to it you know so it just makes for a more well-rounded experience that more people can relate to i think sure yeah, i'd love to love to hop in and ask too david um i mean you're talking legacy you're talking you know, just as, as much fruit that you've seen in your years of ministry. Do you have any, any advice for people? How do they set the, how do they set themselves up for healthy tenure in ministry? How do they not burn out? How do they not, you know, I think one of the later latest statistics is like worship leaders only last maybe two or three years before they go to another church. Do you have any, any advice for just longevity in ministry? Well, all I can say to that is what pastor Mike used to say to me. Uh, it's like, um, the more, I celebrated other people and made room. The more I made room for other people rather than try to make it the David show or the David and Nicole show. Sure. The, I, it's like the more elevated I became, the more, uh, the more I seemed, it, it's like the, the, I would, I would feel more uh, validation from the leadership above me when they're, when they're watching the, me build the team below me that I, that I could, 
empower other people and bring them on and train them and push them. And, right. and uh, I, it just to me, it's just like I was celebrated more the more I empowered people underneath me. Hmm. So I, it's, it's like, you know, and, and I have to be honest, it's not like I had this, this great insight. There were times that I was pushing on other people to sing it because I had a sore throat and there was no way I was going to be able to sing all of these songs. So I'd pass it to somebody else. And uh, so it is like, and then as you start walking it out and you see the impact, uh, you know, I would like to say I was brilliant in, in creating this, but some, sometimes it was just intuitive. Uh, you, you just make a call it's like by the seat of your pants and, uh, and, and, and it just worked. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would say something that David and I both have talked about several times is you have to give people room to make mistakes. So many times we expect someone, to, you know, we put the pressure on someone to just knock it out of the park their first time when they've never been given a shot. And, and you, you don't give them any room. You set them up for failure when you do that. Sure. So, I mean, there've been, I mean, we all miss it sometimes. We all blow it sometimes. We all have those services where we're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? But it's those experiences that cause you to grow. So make sure you're giving your people under you room to mess up and learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. I remember early on uh, when Colin uh, Edge, one of our worship leaders, he's he's on the album. He's on all of our albums. Uh, But when he was just starting to lead, we were going to... I was putting him on to lead on a Saturday night. And so he was coming with me with this set list. And when he brought the set list to me, I was like, I was thinking to myself, this is not going to work. And uh, it's not that it's going to be bad, but it's not, it's not like, it's not what I would choose to do. But I was like, uh, you know what? I'm just going to let it play out and see what happens. And then, so, so Colin gets into the service and once he gets into it, he realizes once he gets into the second or third song, it's like, oh, man, this is just not feel right. This is this is not good. And so he called. I'm not even there. I watched. I, I was I was I wasn't able to uh, to see it. But he calls me and he was like, oh, man, I feel horrible. It, it was like I should have done this. And and I said, yeah, I, I saw the list, but I just wanted you to be able to make your own decision. Sure. And but, but that this was a Saturday night. Not a large crowd, yeah. but it was an opportunity for him, and it was a big lesson for him. Sure. He he learned by, from that, and again, it wasn't like anything earth-shattering. It was just was not the best call, and he recognized it. and And the experience is the teacher sometimes, uh, and so it was it, better for him to learn uh, by 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 the mistake than to, for me to uh, to to beat him up and say, "Dude." You know, you got this all wrong. Uh, and so if had it been a Sunday morning service, I might have spoke up yeah. and, and, and suggested change. But uh, at this particular time, I just let him take the room to make his own decision. And, and I was so glad that he came back and uh, and said in his analogy was what mine was before he dove into it. Yeah. Is there um, any, any advice you could give for having, you know, senior leadership buy into us as worship leaders and creatives helping and allowing our team to fail. Um, Cause I, I can see some stickiness maybe coming in the middle of all that. You know, it is, it is a fine line. Uh, Cause you, you know, it's like you want excellence. You want to put your sure. best foot forward. 
And it's like Josh using this young girl on Wednesday night. Uh, you, you get something that is not necessarily the biggest day of the week to, to give them the opportunity to make the mistakes. Sure. Or, uh, but, but try to find uh, other times uh, where you can put them out and give them a chance to to test their wings to see if they're ready to leave the nest or see if they and the thing the I find uh, that my team our team was able to learn a lot by just watching me do what I do sure and uh, so it's uh, I, I would say don't be afraid uh, to the the senior leaders to give somebody a chance and be ready to be able to, uh, you know, Josh can say the same thing. I, I know that he's had some some worship experiences when we were out and whoever he had leading with him di- didn't necessarily uh, pack the punch with their song sure. and he had to go bring it out at the end. And as long as you, as long as you bring it before the, the set's over, you feel like you've made a, you've made a mark, uh, you know, and it's like, it's imperfection is not the end of the world. But uh, um, I would just, it's like, just live with this concept that you want to empower them and you will find a way to make it work <laughs> instead of, uh, uh, you know, making a huge mistake and causing something to fall flat. Sure. What's like a, the way I do it sometimes. Yeah, go ahead. The way I've done it sometimes, I will be just, we'll be leading a song in, uh, and uh, it would, you just like, I remember the first time I threw something to Josh that wasn't planned and and he took it instinctively and took it and it made it caused the heavens to open uh, and Josh didn't know I was about to throw it to him and and I've done that with different singers before I wouldn't give them a whole song I would we'd be do a song then I would just say let's go back to this verse and you sing it and uh, and everybody uh, and just the change uh, from throwing it to somebody to just create a difference than, than what, you know, we've we've done this song a hundred times. Everybody has their expectation of what it's going to be. But when you throw something, it just kind of like, it it causes uh, a freshness on something that you've been doing by giving it to somebody else. I guess just what has God been teaching you guys as a team uh, in the midst of all this right now? Yeah. I will say, man, it's like clockwork. Um, uh, David, I don't know if you can attest to this, but every time we take new territory as a team, man, there's always a new opportunity for distraction or offense. Or uh, so you know, it's it's like we always know that as a principle, and and we always know it's coming, but somehow it just kind of if you're not prepared, it can always catch you by surprise and and kind of derail you a little bit, and just it's just meant to distract you. You know, so uh, I would and it's, say, and it's trivial stuff. Usually, it's just usually trivial stuff that does it. And you're like, "How did I let something so small uh, become such a distraction?" And it, it's to me, it's it's always the test of what what are you taking into this next step that you're taking? Are you gonna let let you let offense make the journey with you, or are are you gonna just let uh, just be able to release it and let it go and uh, yeah, so it helps. It helps to kind of build out a system, knowing that knowing that that's kind of something you might run into. It helps to build out a a, a system or a structure to deal with those things. Sure. And like it's kind of like if you know ahead of time how to how to handle it, 
then when it happens, you, you're not as, it doesn't throw you off. So, you know, we've found that just when things happen, you know, it's best for everybody just to sit down, hash through it and say, Hey, you, you know, I felt this from you, or I don't know what's going on here. And everybody is just always quick to apologize. We've learned, we've learned to kind of manage conflict in a healthy way. Sure. And I think that's part of the reason, you know, we've been able to do some of the things we've been able to do. So. Yeah. How do you tend to the, the spiritual health of your guys' team? What are your, like, you know, pre-service devotionals? What's, like, what, what are you guys doing with each other? Um, pre-service, we well, our rehearsal nights are kind of turning into more of our devotional nights. So that, sure. that happens on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times Sunday mornings between sound check and service, we only get about 20 minutes. So we just make sure to pray with the team and then, you know, we're out, out, uh, to lead. So Tuesday nights, typically we'll, we'll get through rehearsal pretty quick, maybe 45 minutes to an hour at the most. And then we always make sure to take, you know, another 15 to 30 minutes to really just, it's like our, our own little service. And, uh, it may be that, you know, while we're rehearsing, we just take one song and we just have a moment with it and we stretch it. And, and you see people, I see our singers stop rehearsing and I see them start worshiping. Yeah. And that, that always touches my heart. And so, you know, and then after that, I'll usually ask somebody to share. I've asked David to share many times or Nathan, or I'll share a little something. And that also is another great way to put a demand on some of the members of your team. Because you, you're never going to sit down and prepare something to say unless you're asked, usually. Yeah. So I've learned that just calling up one of our team members and saying, hey, can you just prepare a little something for tonight? I just want you to share with the team. Sure. It puts, it puts a demand on them, and it causes them to grow. Yeah. And uh, so there, you know, that, that is one of the ways. That is one of the places where you, you put pressure on someone to step up. Because uh, it, it doesn't have to just be singing, but just to be able to bring something substantial, uh, it's, it's going to take uh, uh, some time for you just to sit down and, and yeah. consecrate your heart and pursue and search and study so that you're not just rambling when you get up in front of your team of uh, maybe only 25 people. Uh, but still, it puts pressure on you to bring something that you want it to be significant and not just taking up time. Sure. That's good stuff. Yep. We have a, a community of uh, worship leaders on Facebook, and, and a lot of times we'll ask, you know, how can our community come around and pray for you guys and your ministry? So, yeah, what uh, what can we be coming alongside with you guys at this point? Oh, man, just prayer for strength and wisdom for the team. Sure. Um, every, you know, every, you know, we want our families to stay strong, our marriages, and, uh, you know, none, none of this matters if our families fall apart. That's always your first ministry. We all know that, right. or we should know that. So, you know, I just, just, just prayer for just the strong foundation, just the, the, the little things, man. If everything's good at home, everything's good at church. You know. Sure. Yeah. Good. Stuff. Happy wife, happy life. They say, right? <laughs> yeah. <Sure. laughs> yep. Oh, cool. Well, it, you know, there's just, there's just. You know, this has been a year of transition at Covenant with our uh, senior pastor uh, moving on into some other things, but, you know, passing the baton. So the church has been, you know, stretching and trying to find their legs uh, in life without Pastor Mike. And now his son, Stephen Hayes, is stepping in and doing a wonderful job. And so there's been change and transition and uh 
So it's, you know, it's just like sometimes you're just finding your way through all of that. And I think we're I think we're doing well. But it's always, you know, if I would say anything, can pray that that God give us wisdom through all of this transition and that we uh, still uh, find ourselves in the middle of God's will. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, when with, with some of the things Josh was talking about earlier, I think that's that's where it comes from is some of the transition. And uh, so but uh, we're we're. We're all committed to each other. We all love one another. We have great. Uh, we're all lifers. We we know that uh, we're we're together. Uh, you know, we're our hearts are are for one another, and so uh, we believe in each other, and we want to see everyone in our world succeed and flourish. Yeah. So, uh, just I would say, pray for us as, as we find our way through this transition and uh, you know, it's good stuff. It is just good stuff. It's just different, you know? Sure. Thanks for listening to this episode. Um, as we just mentioned a few minutes ago, we have a community over on Facebook with thousands of worship leaders in there, and it's super fun to be able to be a part of that and get direct feedback from other worship leaders and just even see set lists or see pictures of um, ministry all over the world. So if you're not a part of that, head over to Facebook, look up the Church Collective community, and hit that join button, and we'll pop you in there. God bless you today.